Ever since I turned 40, I just can't find that fire I used to have. Think you could be lower testosterone? What do you mean? All guys lose their edge when they turn 40. The body has less testosterone. That's why I take Nugenics Total T. I've heard about Nugenics. That really works? Since I started taking Nugenics, I'm lifting like when we played for Coach Carter. I feel more energized at work. It's even spiced up things between me and the missus. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? Yep. Send a text. It's that easy. Text STREAK to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. It's the number one selling testosterone-boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now, and they'll also send you a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, their newest, most powerful fat burner ever, absolutely free. Text STREAK to 42424. That's STREAK to 42424. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Yes, it is. Welcome in. Happy Monday. Happy Red Monday. Shane Dennis Show, Jack Johnson alongside... Next couple of hours, episode 664. Celebrating a Chiefs victory in the Super Bowl again. Plenty of Chiefs chatter in the first hour of the show. You can chime in as you see fit a couple of different ways. Here's a you can be involved the next couple of hours, next four hours, really. We got a hotline for you to call if you like. That's a giveaway, uh, way you win all of our giveaways. We give away all kinds of stuff here. So if you want to punch this into your phone and whenever we call for you to call, 316-669-4996. That's the hotline. Text line, 316-247-0923. If you want to text about anything that you saw last night in the Super Bowl, a couple of you guys and gals already did when it comes to commercials, dynasty talk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you got thoughts, text away, 316-247-0923. Tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. You probably figured that out by now. you got a smart speaker. That's how you can listen to us while you're puttering around the house. On the stream, ESPNWitch.com. That's where you can listen to really any of our shows in the morning from 8 to 10, with Border Patrol, Greeny, me, Pat, and the Pulse. He's back in the house, coming your way from 2 to 4, or Seren Petro from 4 to 6. You can listen to any or all of those shows, cut up in their entirety, whatever. ESPNWitch.com. That's where the podcasts are. So everything we say. On our shows, you can re-listen to or listen to for the first time if you get busy. ESPNWichita.com. 92.3 FM in your radio, in your, uh, in your car or on your radio. Tune in. Go to Spotify. Bunch of different places to watch, to, uh, listen to us after the fact. Follow us on Twitter or X. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It's February 12th. 43rd day of the year, 323 days left in 2024. High today in Wichita, 51 degrees under mostly sunny skies. Here on a red Monday, celebrating another Super Bowl victory by the Chiefs. We'll get to plenty of that talk here in a second, and I'll lay out the rest of the show for you here in a second. But first, our producer and resident joke teller, Jack Johnson with a moment of levity. Shane, what dating app do cannibals use? Uh, I give up. What? Tender. I was going to say that. Didn't think it was that easy. Yeah, dang. (laughs) February 12th, National Football Hangover Day. Yep, about right. National Clean Out Your Computer Day. And National Plum Pudding Day. 1909, Feb. 12, NAACP is founded. Six years later, ground is broken on the Lincoln Memorial. Not coincidentally. I'll tell you why in a minute. Birthdays. 
Charles Darwin, 1809, best known for his theory of evolution, his book on the origin of species. Born day, Abraham Lincoln, 1809. Jack, which birthday don't, or which president? I which was one? Say don't Come ask on, you me. need to know this. No, I know. I know. Um, isn't he? It's in the teens. I know that. That's correct. It's 16th, right? Please tell me I'm right. You're right. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. 16. Nailed it. Yep. Omar Bradley, five star general in 1893, was born on this day. And Judy Bloom, American writer. Born 1938. There you go. There's Feb 12 for you. Uh, plenty of stuff to get to today. It's uh, Chief-centric in the first hour, as you might imagine. We will talk about the Super Bowl, first couple of segments. Got a Twitter or X question. Has to do with the Super Bowl non-MVP winners. You can go there, vote, repost, please. At ESPN Wichita on the Twitter or X at 1 o'clock, we will get to, here in Wichita at least, a precursor to the Super Bowl, and that is nationally ranked FAU coming to town. Took on Wichita State yesterday morning in front of a spirited shocker crowd, and Wichita State did more of the same. We'll tell you whether that's good or bad coming up at 1 o'clock. Also, the basketball tournament's coming back to Wichita, to no one's surprise. We'll talk about that at the end of hour number one or into hour number two. Also, we'll have some Mahomes audio coming your way, 125. Let's do that then, Jack. Mahomes audio, the finale of our Patrick Mahomes audio, brought to you by Davis Liquor Outlet and Schofield Honda. Reason being, you might as well listen to it today from what he had to say last night, because I would imagine that he and others would be in an altered state on Wednesday when we normally hear from him. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but Wednesday is a parade anyway, right? It is, yep. Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, Valentine's Day, is the Chiefs parade. How about that? So, because of that, we'll hear from Holmes today. At 125. And then that'll lead us into I'm old Jack Young, Feb 12. Pat's back, so he'll slide on in, and we'll find out what's happening with him. And I'm sure he will regale us all with stories of Super Bowl Row. He had an interesting, man, I want to set it up, give it away, make him, make him spill the beans. But uh, put, suffice it to say, he had at least two or three good stories that he dropped on us uh, this morning when we came in for our weekly meeting about him in Las Vegas, as you figured he would. Jack, did you see Pat's uh, texts or whatever about going to see you 2 in that sphere out there? Uh, he referenced that? it on Friday to me, yeah, during the show. I might have to forward you some pictures. Pretty pretty incredible, as you might imagine. Not just U2 part, which I could do without, but the fact that it was in the sphere, that was pretty insane. So, uh, anyway, I'm old Jack Young at the end of the show. And Pat will pick it up and take you from 2 to 4 here on a Red Monday. All right. Kansas City does it again. They knock off the... Kyle Shanahan led 49ers again. Chiefs go back-to-back, 25-22 in overtime. Third Lombardi Trophy in five seasons. And we talked about it leading up to, and I don't want to pretend that we broke any ground that nobody else did, but I do feel like that, uh, at least on this show, Jack and I broached the subject of what's got to be done in order for this Chiefs run team organization to be classified as a dynasty in the NFL. Well, most believe we're there. Third Lombardi Trophy in five seasons. And after the Chiefs, 
I don't know if laid an egg on Christmas Day is accurate. What would you say? Well, how would you uh, put in a nutshell, Jack, what the Chiefs and Raiders game was? Abomination? Uh, I think you can uh, summarize it in two words. Rock bottom. Uh, I okay. think that was absolutely the, the pit of the 2023-2024 season. I Had to have been. It was played in <laughs> Kansas City, which made it even worse, I uh, guess. That was a. Uh, I think the best way I heard somebody also define it was that was a Todd Haley game. That was a Romeo Cornell game. Like a quarterback doesn't complete a pass for three quarters. There yeah. were two defensive touchdowns for the Raiders. Like when was the last time I had seen that? When Tyler Palco was the quarterback? When Tyler Thigpen was the quarterback? When Brady Quinn was the quarterback? Uh, find me somebody else out there. Kyle Orton, maybe. I mean, it was such a rock bottom, and it was so late in the season, Shane, that. You would have been crazy to say, well, this team's still winning the Super Bowl, especially with what was laid ahead of them. Uh, they saw the one seat on the line, by the way, on that Christmas Day, right? That was a meaningful game for them. It wasn't like some throwaway game in Rochester, like they say in Miracle on Ice, mm-hmm. right? This was a it was a big game for them. Rival coming to town, one seat on the line. It's Christmas Day, prime time. Absolutely laid an egg. Could not have played worse. And so the way I would say it, it was rock bottom. Well, since then. Uh, the Chiefs apparently were on some kind of a mission, and I don't know if it was true or not, but after the game uh, yesterday, not the Christmas Day game, after the game yesterday, in some form or fashion, Andy Reid sent a note to Antonio Pierce thanking him for the facilities all week long and thanking him for giving them a wake-up call on Christmas. But in a game where it looked like that either a kicker or somebody we'd never heard of was about to win the MVP of the Super Bowl, or maybe even a punter, for that matter. But it turned into an instant classic, went to overtime. One team knew the overtime rules, and one team apparently didn't. And all kinds of stuff in between. But the bottom line is, The Chiefs rally from double digits down again. And the 49ers have now blown a 10-point lead in in each game. The one last night wasn't uh, quite as late a double-digit lead as the one in 2020. But in overtime, in the first quarter of overtime, which I think was... And I'll, all apologies to uh, who's the, who's the referee last night, Jack? Was that Bill Benovich? Uh, yes, thank you. All apologies to him, who he he tried to kind of give us a, a decent idea that these overtime rules are not the same uh, as we're used to. But I would say shame on CBS. Did I miss something, Jack, or did they? Should they have put up a graphic of, all right, th- this is what the Super Bowl overtime rules are? They didn't do that, did they? I, I think they did. Did uh, they? Okay. I think I remember seeing it. And I was like, I had even forgotten that yeah. overtime. If they did, you get the if ball, they did, yeah. that's my bad. And uh, yeah, each team gets to possess the ball unless uh, the first drive ends in a safety or defensive touchdown, which we kind of got. But um, as they marched down the field, the Chiefs did. This is partially my ignorance, and I'm sure I wasn't alone. I'm like, hey, what happened to the two-minute warning? You know, the Chiefs got a timeout left, at Mm -hmm. least one, and the two-minute warning, and it came and went. And then I'm like, okay, so that kind of triggered in my brain, well, this is just like a regular quarter. Not the fourth quarter, but just a a regular quarter. And we're going to go to the second overtime quarter if the Chiefs can't finish this off uh, at the end of this first quarter overtime session which they eventually did uh did but things were kind of grim for the chiefs when jake moody let's face it sacked up and hit a 53 yarder inside two minutes left in regulation for a 1916 lead but then all mahomes did was take the chiefs down the field due in large part to a 22-yard pass to Travis Kelsey. They go all the way down to the 49ers 11, and they throw a back shoulder fade-ish to Kelsey, taking their shot at the end zone. 
And then we see a couple of minutes later, Rasheed Rice was pretty open over the middle for a walk-off touchdown, but whatever. Uh, Butker comes in with six seconds left, kicks a field goal. We go to overtime. And a bend-but-don't-break Chiefs defense combined with some questionable second-half calls by Kyle Shanahan that eventually led to a Chiefs victory. A couple of quick takeaways from it before we get into the nuts and bolts of it and do a little deeper dive. As far as the 49ers are concerned, I think Kyle Shanahan's play calling was detrimental to him, and Brock Purdy's play on the field was not. I think you would think that that the roles would be reversed going into the game. Uh, Brock Purdy was not the reason they lost. And it could be argued, and maybe it is in San Francisco right now, that Kyle Shanahan is the reason they are. And once Shanahan came to his senses in the third quarter, started pounding the rock with Christian McCaffrey, then it started looking like, okay, the Chiefs maybe caught a break that they were only down 10-3 to at the end of the first half. But the 49ers forced the Chiefs into a fourth and one on their first set of downs. Reed called a timeout. They went for it. Of course, a design run by Mahomes that he executed beautifully. And then from there, things really clicked for the Chiefs going down the field. And it turned out that McCole Hardman, who started the season as a New York Jet, caught a ball on the play, uh, a play design similar to Corn Dog that the Chiefs busted out on the Philadelphia Eagles. But McCole Hardman, who when targeted, gave Mahomes a perfect passer rating, two-yard touchdown, a walk-off 25-22 in a marathon Super Bowl that, again, unveiled some new-ish Super Bowl overtime rules. And so now Mahomes has three Super Bowls in six seasons as a starter to go along with that three Super Bowl MVPs, and the Chiefs defense covered up a third-quarter interception by Mahomes. The Niners got the ball in Chiefs territory and had to punt. That's what the Chiefs defense did last night. But that was pretty much the only blemish by Mahomes, who went 34 of 46, 333 and 2, 66 yards on the ground. So, he almost had 400 total yards on the day. Took the MVP award away from Harrison Butker. Took the MVP award away from Jawan Jennings, let's be honest. And after throwing the ball once to Travis Kelsey in the first half, threw it to him eight times for 92 yards in the second. And the Chiefs, by hook or by crook, one way or the other, got it done, won the game, and broke the 49ers' hearts for the second time in four years. Give us a text. Give us your thoughts. 316-247-0923. What did you think about the game last night? And before we uh, before we go to the next break, Jack, um, give me your thoughts on Super Bowl 58 in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, going to go down as one of the all-timers. And that, as a football fan, is the best part about this. Is I was sitting there when it was 0-0 after the first quarter. I'm like, don't tell me we're going to get another Rams-Patriots type of Super Bowl where it's 13-3 to and there's one touchdown in this game. And honestly, at halftime, I still thought that was a possibility. It really wasn't until late in the fourth quarter that I'm like, this is shaping up to be one of the, the best finishes that we have ever seen. Um, but it comes back to what we discussed on Friday, uh, Shane, or maybe it was Thursday. Quarterbacks are won, or Super Bowls are won by their quarterbacks. Um, I think more than anything else, there are going to be the the game managers, as Brock Purdy is, and there's going to be the game changers, like Patrick Mahomes is. There were a couple. There were a couple of times that Brock Purdy could have iced this game. Uh, one big play here, another big play there, and it's just different. Right, the third and four with the the Niners trying to run out the clock and kick the game-winning field goal, which would have happened, by the way. Jake Moody was money all game long. And that third and four, if the Niners pick it up, it's over. There's a somber mood that we're all in uh, today rather than what we're feeling right now. 
but it's because Brock Purdy can't make big plays in moments like that. It's what defines you as a quarterback in the biggest moment, the brightest lights, the biggest stage. What type of play are you going to make? Now, I also want to give credit to Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, that defense was fantastic, not only last night, but all playoffs long, all season long for that matter. They had always found a way to get off the field when it mattered most. But I just look at, you know, the fourth quarter in overtime. How many times Brock Purdy approached that situation where it was, the Chiefs need to stop here, but the Niners also need to convert or they need a touchdown here. It didn't happen. It was the Chiefs getting that stop in the biggest of moments. I mean, that third and four, McDuffie bats it down. He had one read on that play. It was to Jawan Jennings. That was it. There was not a second read, a third read. There wasn't a thought of running the ball. And that's, unfortunately, Shane, how you treat a game manager. It was, we don't want to turn the ball over here. This guy's going to be open, and you're going to hit him. And when he's not open, that play happens. I also go to um, the the first possession in overtime that they had. It's third and goal, or maybe it was third and four, but inside the 10-yard line, something like that. And Chris Jones goes unblocked. He had Brandon Ayuk wide open over the middle of the field. He had one read, Shane. He had one read on the play, mm. and that's a game manager. And then I go to somebody like Patrick Mahomes, who, yeah, I think had some costly mistakes in the first half. But what really matters is what do you look like in the fourth quarter? What do you look like in overtime? And I don't think it got much bigger than fourth and one with the Super Bowl on the line in overtime and the Chiefs who historically have been terrible on short-yarded situations when it's third down or it's fourth down. What did Andy Reid do? And I believe me, and you know this, I had many criticisms throughout the game of Andy Reid on how he was managing that. You know, making a one-score game a one-score game. The decision to not challenge on a play where Pacheco looked like he rolled on top of a defender to get a first down. It just was very conservative to me. But what I can stand by here is that whether Patrick Mahomes converted that, which he did, or didn't, I could have gone to bed at night knowing the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes making the decision. He could have run it. He could have thrown it. He had a couple different options. And you know why Andy Reid gave him that? Because he knew there were multiple opportunities to pick up the first down there. Whereas Brock Purdy in that spot, Kyle Shanahan would have told him, hey, this is going to be the read. This guy's going to be open. You're going to hit him. He does not prepare for if that guy is covered up, if that guy is bottled up. Mahomes, on the other hand, it was – If Kelsey's bottled up, you're going to run it, which he did. If Nick Bosa comes at you, you're going to dump it off to Kelsey. If Kelsey's not there and you're being, you know, run at, yeah, we're kind of in panic mode here, but we can trust that you can improvise enough to pick up that one yard. And then after that, he had a third and six, he had a third and two, and were we really that surprised that they picked up the first down? I mean, were we ever really surprised that he was able to pick that up? If anything, I was more shocked at the fact, as I'm trying to pick up all the rules in overtime, I can't believe the Chiefs almost let the clock run out on the final play. I was so baffled watching that game thinking, hold on here, there's no need to leave time on the clock here. It's not like you need to waste it all the way down. I don't know if that was Mahomes or Andy Reid, but they had timeouts in their pocket, and I was like, after that first down by Kelsey, I think there was 20 seconds left. I'm like, use one. Use Mm -hmm. one. Like At most, give yourself two or three chances. The fact they just left that up to chance, I swear to God, I thought I was watching Friday Night Lights. Like the movie, the the show it was like you know what we're living and dying by one play here, and yeah. of course it's McCole Hardman, somebody that I wanted off the playoff roster after the Buffalo game. But that's also been the definition of this playoffs: guys redeeming themselves. Uh, and I even include Travis Kelsey in that. I mean, Kelsey was a non-factor for the last portion of the season. I mean, still putting up numbers, but not in the same way that we saw him. Of course, we got a, a caller in right here, but right. guys redeeming themselves: MVS, Hardman, Kelsey. They were phenomenal, and, and they were phenomenal once again in a back-to-back Super Bowl year for Kansas City in their third and five. All right, coming up next, when we come back, we'll have our three big things by the Chiefs in that game last night and the overtime victory over San Francisco. Jack and I will both have three big things that we noticed from that game that either propelled the Chiefs to victory or uh, hindered the 49ers from getting said victory. More Chiefs talk coming up next, 1223. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. 
They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Hello, this is Jeff from CBD American Shaman Derby. We can help you rediscover romance through natural elevation. Boost your endurance and satisfaction with our horny goat weed. It's our blue pill for him and her. Happy Valentine's Day. Life is better with the feather. Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente. And you get unlimited 5G data? $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan? At an amazing price? With no contracts? Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely. Uh, I mean... Totalmente. Find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. Natalia, solid dismount, but that little pause is a deduction. Top tumblers hope to stick the landing with Coach Jasmine. That aerial sequence still needs work. She needs more certified athletic trainers to find her balance. Focus. I'm going to need you for the all-around. Wait, who's spotting the vaults? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Ready to dive into the ultimate summer experience in 2024? Look no further than Superpools. At Superpools, we believe every family deserves a slice of paradise, and it's our duty to make this process as seamless as possible for you and your family. So why wait? Call Superpools today at 316-880-3900 and let us turn your backyard into a stunning oasis. We still have a few spots left this winter, so lock in with us today. Superpoolsusa.com or 316-880-3900. Don't forget, we dig fun. Basketball fans, get ready. Sunrise Christian Academy Visit Wichita and the Wichita Sports Commission proudly present the second annual Air Capital Hoop Fest, February 15th and 16th at the Garvey Center on the Friends University campus. Brace yourselves for a showdown of epic proportions as four of the nation's top high school basketball teams face off. Teams in action include Sunrise Christian Academy, a local favorite, Link Academy from Missouri, Veritas Academy from California, and Wasatch Academy from Utah. Get your tickets today at visitwichita.com get dash tickets. I tend to second guest dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Someone by night. The late, great Al Jarreau. Born on this day. This is a theme from Moonlighting. 1228. Here on a Red Monday. Shane and Jack with you. Walking you through the Super Bowl. And go to the text line and... Uh, we were um, corrected, kind of, or at least a couple of texters pointed out that the clock is really 
inconsequential uh, inconsequential in overtime because even if the the quarter ran out on the Chiefs down by the goal line, they just go to the other end of the field and go on to the next quarter and finish the drive. They just elected not to do it. So it wasn't as if they would run out of time in the quarter. The drive would be allowed to continue because both teams need to possess the ball once uh, unless the opening drive is a safety. A couple of different uh, texters pointed that out to us, or just to clear up and clarify, uh, after all's well ended well because of the McCall Hardman uh, touchdown in overtime right at the end of the first quarter of overtime. Three big things for us now, Jack, that maybe propelled the Chiefs into uh, the winner's circle and to clutch the Lombardi Trophy again. One of my big things is a kind of a convoluted and a roundabout way of trying to put a bow on three different things. So bear with me. Humor me. Mike Shanahan, uh, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan on third downs in three Super Bowls, two with 49ers, one with the Falcons at, when he was the OC. His third down conversions, Jack, one for eight, three for eight, and last night, three for 12. So one of my big things is a Kyle Shanahan-led offense in Super Bowls in the three biggest games of his life is seven for 28 on third downs. And put yourself in a 49ers fan's shoes, Jack, as, frust- as frustrated as you might have been with what the Chiefs were putting on the field for about three quarters. Imagine what it's like waking up this morning being a 49ers fan and being led by, by most accounts, a really smart, a really forward-thinking, and a really progressive offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan. He's gone 7 for 28 on third downs in three Super Bowls. How would that make you feel? Yeah, it's a a difference maker in the game. Um, If you can't convert on third down – can't extend drives, uh, it's going to result in you not being able to pull away or be able to come back in this game. And in this case, it was the Niners not being able to pull away with converting on third down. Now, is that play calling or does it come down to quarterback? I think it's a little bit of both there. I think there were times that Kyle Shanahan got very conservative, but I think he also was conservative because he doesn't really have a high-ceiling quarterback, right? I don't think you want to ask Brock Purdy to do too much, and that's been that case all season long. In fact, since Brock Purdy's been in the league, that's been how they operate their quarterback. And it also goes back to Jimmy Garoppolo as well. You hide his flaws as best you can, as long as you can. And one of the flaws, I think, of Brock Purdy's game is that if it's a third and 10, a third 11, third and 12, there's virtually no chance he's picking it up. Now, I think he might have had one or two picking up on third and long, a situation like that. But for the most part... Well, one was via penalty. Yeah. Yeah, and was, that was one of my big things, too, in overtime, but go on. Yeah. And, and, you know, that was a, a play that he didn't even throw the ball, I think, in that direction to Jawan Jennings. Uh, you know, that was a quick slant, so he, it would have been 10 yards short of the first down marker. That was a huge point in this game, though. I think there was, you know, next to the third and four batted down ball at the end of the fourth quarter, the next biggest one was the first offensive drive for the Niners in the second half. It was after Mahomes had just had an interception, that's a point where they could have completely flipped the game, even if they had three. Yeah. And they yeah. make it 13-3, to three, a 10-point deficit feels a little bit tougher now, especially with the way the Chiefs' offense had looked. But once it got to third down, and even like a third and five or third and six, it felt like it was too much for Brock Purdy. The way Steve Spagnuolo designed the disguise blitzing, uh, the way he was able to you know put his secondary in good spots to win their one-on-one battles, you know, being physical up front, you know, checking guys inside of five yards. It made the, the Niners' offense and all their skill players very uncomfortable. I, I mean, I think when I looked at all four of their guys, you look at C-Mac, Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel, I expected maybe half of them to still get theirs on the night, to still mm-hmm. get their big numbers. It was Christian McCaffrey, and that was it. I mean, Ayuk yeah. had a big catch, but not much after that. Debo Samuel, I think, had a catch and run. That was pretty big, but other than that, nothing. He was in and out of the game at least yeah. twice, and Kittle went out of the game at least once. And Kittle had two catches for four yards. Like it, 
when you don't have the skilled players performing at a high level, then Brock Purdy's not going to elevate those guys. It's the other way around. And on third downs, absolutely, that's been the difference in both of these teams' matchups in the Super Bowl, the first one being in 2020 and now in 2024. When you can't convert third and long late in the game, you're probably not going to be on the winning side of that thing. All right. Uh, you want a big thing or you want me to fire off another one? I, I can give a, a big one here. I think uh, one of the keys in that game that's not talked about maybe enough today was not only Harrison Butker's 57-yard field goal, longest in Super Bowl history. By the way, he now holds the record for most made field goals by any kicker in the Super that's Bowl. That's right. Nine. Um, how about the hold by Tommy Townsend there? Uh, I, snaps seem to be a problem all night long for, for Chiefs long snappers and Creed Humphrey. I don't yeah. know what happened to Creed Humphrey this year. But it felt like every other snap he had was low or just off to the side a little bit. But that was one of the best holds I have seen from you know any holder in my lifetime. Like I, I think I'll go as far to say that it's 57 yards, so you know it's got to be perfect. Like it's got a snap, hold, placement. It's got to be perfect for a guy to boot it from 57 yards. It's got to be low too. Remember, and it really went like to your point. If it's a 22 yard field goal. You can just pop it up there even if it's a crappy hold and oh, probably easily. still make it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, his one that sent it to overtime, I mean, you could have a bad snap and maybe not the best hold or laces out or something like that, yeah. Yeah. and you're still making that. From 57, it's got to be perfect all the way around. And Tommy Townsend had a really high snap and almost like a, an old Western movie with the draw. I mean, the quickest hands in the West, somebody would say. <laughs> I mean, caught that thing, placed it down perfectly in the nick of time, for Butker to fire that one off, and I didn't agree with the call. Um, you know, it's fourth and six. A field goal doesn't really do you much because it still makes a one-score game a one-score game. But also, it does if you make it put the Niners in a spot of well, we could settle for three, but they still have a chance to tie the game there. And I think with the way the Chiefs' offense was moving, which was not that much, Andy Reid didn't feel confident. He felt far more confident as kicker at that point. If he misses, or it's a bad hold, or it's blocked. I mean, hell, that's probably the game there. Yeah. Um, the Niners get the ball near midfield, and then you're really starting to run out of time there. It's near the end of the third quarter. But, I mean, it felt like every time Butker kicked it this year, it was just going in. You know, he's in that Justin Tucker conversation of, hey, look up Field Yates' tweet about Harrison oh, yeah. Butker's year. That's <laughs> insane it's how nutty. good he was. Yeah, And to think that last year there was talks of, hey, is it time to maybe move on from him? He can't make any extra point. He can't make I anything I brought it close. up. I'm guilty. I brought it up. I, I, I kind of wanted him gone. And that's because, you know, kickers have, you know, they can have long lifespans in the NFL, but if you start to struggle, it doesn't matter what you did the year before. Like, Mm-mm. if Harrison Butker struggles next year, there might be a conversation, but that's not something you need to worry about now because this was a year for the ages. I mean, I don't remember watching a kicker in the NFL that it was like 58 yards, 60 yards, 62, 45, game on the line. Like, look, look to Buffalo this year, the Tyler Bass. Like, Tyler Bass strolled out there. Yep. He had been yep. damn near perfect all year. Wide right. like And Harrison Butker, by the way, has had some pretty nerve-wracking moments. Absolutely. Like, I don't even know how you walk on the field and don't have a high heart rate. Like, this is, you know, bring up like a baseball. How about that 13-seconds game? Oh, I mean. That was no chip shot. And that's like rushing into it. I know that wasn't this year, but yeah, Yeah. I'm with you, man. That one, the game winner last year against the Bengals, like whether they were tied or not, like the the 13-second game, he had to make it to send it into overtime. It wasn't even a game winner. Like, he had to drill it. And in this case... Like in most most uh, late game scenarios, when you see a kicker go onto the field, and you're like, "Oh my god, what if he misses it?" Surprisingly, not once. I was like, "Okay, he's coming onto the field." Even in that the final minutes of regulation or the final seconds, I know they had that big play to Kelsey. Where then I was like, "All right, you know, you get in the end zone here, you win it. If not, you're going to kick a thirty yarder." Like I think some fan bases would be pissing down their leg, like, "Oh no, even though it's thirty yards, I'm nervous." Never once even wavered on that. I'm like, he's going to make it. I'm like, it's it's going to overtime or they're winning this football game. And to have that type of trust and faith in your kicker and your holder, for that matter, I mean, it's mm-hmm. nearly flawless. I, I've given my criticisms for Dave Toe before on special teams. That is one area they have not struggled in the slightest. Um, I think he had that one miss against New England, which was weird. It was like a 38-yarder or 40-yarder. But other than that. Uh, it turns out it was a bogus football too yeah for some reason like underinflated and it was kind of cold and yeah yeah, just as automatic as you can get and that to me was 
it was like that moment where it could have shifted. It like the Chiefs couldn't get a ton of momentum from that play, but they could lose a mm-hmm. lot from that play, and that's why it was so big to me. Yeah, good point. Good point. That's a good one. Uh, another big one to me was not a play necessarily, but uh, lack of education, and that is. Several Chiefs players and coaches said they prepared a Super Bowl strategy if it went to overtime, but at the same time, multiple 49ers players admitted they were not even aware of the rules. Eric Armstead, Niners defensive lineman, said, quote, I didn't even know about the new playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. I didn't even really know what was going on in terms of that, unquote. After winning the overtime coin toss, now there's no word on whether Kyle Shanahan knew what to do or not, but let's assume that for a second that he did. The 49ers elected to receive to start the overtime. Even if they score a touchdown, the game's not over. And I'm going to assume that Kyle Shanahan knew that. But their drive ended with a 27-yard field goal from Jake Moody. And as we've already discussed, the Chiefs get the ball with a chance to answer, or if they score a touchdown, they walk off. Now, this may be a two-pronged thing in our three big things, or three things that stuck out to us, but beyond a couple of players not knowing overtime rules, which isn't the end of the world, but should the 49ers have deferred and given the Chiefs the ball first in order to know what they needed. In other words, if the Chiefs kick a field goal, then they know that all they need is a field goal to keep the game going, or they can end it. Or were they ignorant of the rules and scared to kick it to the Chiefs for fear of the Chiefs scoring a touchdown and them not realizing they would get a chance to answer said Chiefs touchdown? So keep that in the back of your head, too. So anyway, they elected to receive, and then they have to end up settling for a field goal. And then, of course, Mahomes puts together a 13-play drive, three-yard touchdown to McCole Hardman, walk-off 25-22. Shanahan said he and his analytics staff discussed overtime possibilities before the game. But beyond Eric Armstead, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, said that overtime strategy was not discussed with 49ers players leading up to the Super Bowl. He said, uh, check did, said he didn't realize playoff rules were different in overtime. He just assumed that you want to get the ball and score a touchdown and win. Well, and I'm paraphrasing, but that was a quote from him. That tells me that they thought that if they scored a touchdown or at least a handful of 49ers, if not more, would think if they went down and scored a touchdown, the game would be over, like previous overtime rules had been prior to the Super Bowl. Armstead went on to say that he realized that the overtime rules were different when he saw them on the scoreboard at Allegiant Stadium. Chiefs, on the other hand, said they were well aware and well prepared for an overtime contingency in the postseason. Chris Jones told reporters that Kansas City talked for two weeks about the new overtime rules. And Justin Reed went even further than that to say that their prep began in training camp, that they talked all year about it, about in training camp how the rules were different in the regular season versus the playoffs. Every week of the playoffs, they talked about the overtime rule. And Jones said that if the Niners scored a touchdown on their opening possession, to take a seven-point lead, Chiefs were prepared to go for two if they scored on their ensuing possession. So for all of y'all that get caught up, Jack, looking at you, that think Andy Reid is playing checkers while other teams are playing chess, and you want him riding out of town on a rail, uh, I give you Kyle Shanahan apparently not prepping his players for a playoff overtime session give me another big thing jack yeah also a great point there on uh you know being prepared for a moment like that i think with the overtime rules too i mean i 
I didn't have the sound. It was really loud where I was, so I didn't even hear them mm-hmm. explain the part of the clock didn't matter, which is why I was freaking out at the end of the yes. clock. So I'm like, why didn't have a, why even have a clock then? And <laughs> I could hear the sound, and I was freaking out that they that the two minute warning didn't happen. So I was it was like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and I can't imagine if like that play didn't work out and hit doubles or triple zeros, the pain that would have gone through me, and then them to be like. Oh, we're going to flip the field and try this thing again. I- you would have punched your TV, ruined it, and missed the ending <laughs> five minutes later when he threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we need a clock then if both teams get a position. Like, right, just keep, right. keep going. Like, why do you even need to flip the field? Like, just give them a drive. See if it works the only out. Other, so. The only thing is, at the end of the, the session, you got to go the other end of the field. Yeah. So I guess that's the only I, I guess. They made it, they made it the as clock. confusing as possible. They so did. No, they did. I can't. I can't blame Niners players for being confused, but also the Chiefs were very prepared for that moment. Like they knew mm-hmm. everything of of what was going on. So when the Niners took the ball, I'm like, that has to be a mistake. Uh, that I I expected when they went to commercial to come back and say there was a you know the official got it wrong. The yeah. Niners actually want to kick off because why would you want the ball first? There's no advantage of getting the ball first. Um, and Kyle Shanahan saying he's playing for the third possession. I'm like. So then you're just automatically assuming the Chiefs' offense scores. Like, why not get the second possession? What if your defense gets a three and out or a turnover? You win the damn Super Bowl at yeah. that point. So that was just malpractice there. And as good as Kyle Shanahan is, I think that he's very much what Andy Reid was at the beginning of his career. Like, this genius play caller uh, did a lot sometimes with average quarterbacks. Now, Donovan McNabb was above and beyond that. But there were some years he had some really good Eagles teams that didn't maybe have the best quarterback. But when it mattered most in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, he couldn't get it done. And now as Andy Reid's transformed with that because I believe he's got a Hall of Fame quarterback with him, it makes things a lot easier on you. And I just think that Kyle Shanahan, when things get tight, which is what the record shows, right, he's 1-30 in 30 when trailing by 7 or more going the fourth quarter. It's like his game plan is to be playing from ahead in the fourth quarter. It's not to be playing from behind or tied. And that's exactly what we saw in this game. But for the other big moment that I had, Hit 100% has to be that muff punt uh, that yeah. Ray Ray McLeod had. And yep. unfortunately for fans that maybe didn't get a good angle, that he had to touch it. It hit a Niners player's foot and then rolled to him. So he had to fall on it. He just didn't really make the best approach to it. Well, but his, and his mistake was trying to pick it up and run with it. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, it's so tough to tell what you would do in a moment like that. It's easy to say, well, fall on it. Yeah. It's a panic that sets in immediately. And picking up a rolling football is damn near impossible. So... Uh, in that moment, though, punting there, I mean, the Chiefs' offense was completely, completely helpless up until that point. Like, it's it's 10-6. to 6. They had the field goal, but it's like, damn, can they can they get anything going? Can they, can they actually drive down the field and get a touchdown? And sometimes you just chalk it up and say you need luck. You need something like that to happen. I mean, Tommy Townsend's not aiming for a Niners player's foot. It just happened to go that mm-hmm. way. He happened to be yeah. at the wrong place at the wrong time if you're a Niners fan. And then Ray McLeod tried to pick it up and run. He muffs it. Chiefs get it. It took one play, and they find MVS in the end zone. It was completely untouched, probably because that Niners defense was gas and had just been on the field. So you take advantage there. That flipped the game. I mean, even though the Niners went down and scored a touchdown after that, of course, another big play I can throw out there, the blocked PAT yep. that Leo Chanel had. But to me, that game may stay at 10-6 to or 13-6 to if that that punt isn't muffed because the morale of everything changed right after that because then the Chiefs had an immediate opportunity to score and take the lead, and that they did. My final uh, big one that didn't turn out to be big because the Chiefs won the game was the first possession in overtime that the 49ers had at third and 13 and were going nowhere, and the Chiefs, I had just thought this prior to it happening that the chiefs either had none or very few or non-memorable defensive holdings defensive pis or illegal contacts that gave the 49ers a cheap first down it hadn't happened all game long and i guess it's my fault for thinking it but the defensive hold on third and 13 was a big one. But, Jack, I'm going to go four. The bigger one was McCaffrey's fumble on the first drive of the game because you cannot convince me that the 49ers weren't not, uh, were not going to go up seven to nothing with the way that drive was going until McCaffrey fumbled it. Your thoughts? 
that was uh, a very weird moment for me where I was like watching. And I'm like, holy hell, the Super Bowl's on. <laughs> like, like the Chiefs' defense was sleepwalking to like the first yeah. seven plays, and all of a sudden he fumbled. I'm like, okay, game on, let's go. Uh, it was weird. <laughs> it was a weird start to that game. But you're exactly right. I don't know if the Chiefs' defense was caught off guard with the way the Niners were progressing, or Kyle Shanahan had a masterpiece ready to open up the the Super Bowl. Like this was a drive they'd worked on for the entire two weeks. Like. This is going to be open. This is going to be open. This running lane is going to be open. And they were dissecting the Chiefs' defense. And a fumble like that, listen, there's a lot of mistakes that go into the game. We could bring up the Pacheco fumble as well right after the 50-plus yard completion to McCole Hardman. But, like, moments like that, it's all about capitalizing where you're at on the field. Like, with both Pacheco and McCaffrey, you're deep into opposing territory. Like, you can't have plays like that, whereas two guys that didn't struggle – you know, hanging on to the football, they were very secure with it all season long. A moment like that, you look back on and go, damn, like there were other mistakes that happened, but that was pretty brutal looking back on it. I mean, that could have opened up the tone with a resounding bang. I mean, the Niners yeah. in four minutes, five minutes, going on the best defense in the NFL, down the field and scoring and putting up seven. Talk about putting the heat on early. All right, so 12.49, when we come back, we got a Twitter question that has to do with the non-MVPs of the Super Bowl. Uh, also, all the Super Bowl records that were set uh, last night. And your thoughts as well. And before we go to our break, uh, Texter points out, really good text by you, Texter. And it reads, in part, I think Kyle Shanahan had a few questionable choices, but taking the ball first in OT seems to be an absolute no-brainer to me. ESPN's own analytics say uh, says to take the ball first. If you look at this link, which he has provided, it'll show the win percentages far in San Francisco's favor all through OT up until KC gets down at the 20. If you take the ball first, you get two out of three possessions in every scenario but one. And the Chiefs had literally just broken their record for not scoring touchdowns on like 20 straight drives. Different I- ideologies, depending on where you're uh, – your allegiances lie, perhaps, but uh, Kyle Shanahan taking a few arrows today for taking the ball first, and at the very least, two of his players, one on each side of the ball, were not aware of the overtime rules in the Super Bowl. All right, coming up next, which non-MVP would have gotten your vote for MVP? We'll talk about that next. It's 1251. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seagram's Gin 1.75 liters, only $20.99. And pick up a Blue Moon 12-pack for just $15.99. Davis Liquor Outlet. Each store independently owned and operated. Neighborhood locations with superstore pricing. Hey, baseball fans, a new season of Shocker Baseball is upon us, and new head coach Brian Green has his sights set on winning right away. Support Coach Green in his first season by purchasing season tickets and catch every game this spring at Historical X Stadium. It'll be the place to be with new additions to the outfield experience that are sure to turn Coleman Hill into a party. Grab your season tickets today by visiting GoShockers.com slash tickets or call 316-978-FANS. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, your favorite drafts are poured at a frosty 29 degrees, and rare barrel-aged whiskeys are served just the way you want them. It's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Stick around after the sun sets. Twin Peaks is open really late. Wind down with bourbon and late-night fights. Because of you, a high school student who is low vision packs for college. Because of you, a husband and father with a permanent eye injury brings home a paycheck. Because of you, a senior with advanced macular degeneration cooks dinner, balances her checkbook, and walks to the park. All of these accomplishments reflect your gifts in action. 100% of all donations directly impact Envision's programs and services. With your help, Envision can help to create a life of independence and fulfillment. If you would like to learn more about Envision or find out how you can help, visit helpenvision.com. 
Gear up for an unforgettable weekend at the Kansas Open Season Sportsman's Expo, presented by Progressive and Can-Am. Join us at the Overland Park Convention Center from March 8th through 10th. Discover hunting products and top-notch gear, all at show-only prices. Showcase your trophy buck in the Trophy Deer Contest and learn from industry experts. Snag your discount tickets in advance at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. The Kansas Open Season Sportsman's Expo. Free rain coffee, official coffee of the expo. Happy birthday, China Phillips, part of Wilson Phillips. Let's hold on by Wilson Phillips. Uh, Guilty pleasure. Good song. Toe tapper. I dig it. Happy birthday, China Phillips. Twitter question and some records set in the Super Bowl last night. Jack already told you about one of them. Uh, But first, on X, at ESPN Wichita, Please go vote and repost at our handle there. Which non-MVP in the Super Bowl was your MVP? Of course, Patrick Mahomes got it. Um, But of these four, who would you go with? And James wrote in one. If you got a write-in, feel free. Which non-MVP in the Super Bowl was your MVP? Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, Jawan Jennings, or Harrison Butker? So far, Harrison Butker's getting 63% of the vote. Jawan Jennings, 22%. Kelsey, 8%. Uh, McCaffrey, just under 6%. Got 160 total yards, McCaffrey did. And, of course, Kelsey, those eight catches after halftime. Jawan Jennings, two touchdowns in weird ways. And Harrison Butker with ice water running through his veins. Speaking, uh, speaking of Butker, set a Super Bowl record, a couple of them last night. Most field goals made in his in his career in Super Bowls, Harrison Butker's ninth. Also the longest made field goal, supplanting Jake Moody's previous long field goal. 57 is the record now, belonging to Butker. Uh, Jack pointed this out a minute ago. The punters combined for a Super Bowl record. Highest average punting, 50.8 by both. Uh, most field goals made both teams seven. That was a record last night. And then, of course, both teams tied for the highest average punting, 50.8. That was Tommy Townsend and Mitch Wisnowski. Nobody returned a kickoff. They were all touchbacks. That's a record. And, of course, fewest kickoff return records both teams, also zero. Uh, Super Bowl records tied in the Super Bowl last night. Field goal attempts in a career, Harrison Butker, 10. So he's 9 for 10 in Super Bowls on top of those other ridiculous numbers that he put up this particular year. Most field goals made in a game, Butker tied the record with four. Most overtime, most points in an overtime period, six by Kansas City which I suppose could be broken later on if somebody takes the first possession and scores and kicks the extra point. But uh, keep the thoughts coming on the text line if you want, 347, uh, 316, 316-247-0923. You know the text number. Choose the text, 247-0923. And in some ways was a strange Super Bowl and in many ways a frustrating one as – Chief Kingdom kept waiting on the Kansas City offense to get into any kind of gear, much less high gear. But eventually, Mahomes brought home another one. And the Chiefs, I think, have entered into dynasty territory, whether some would not like to not admit it, but aren't particularly pleased that the Chiefs in – a perceived down year, won the Super Bowl anyway, and go into next year as not the odds-on favorite to win it again. 
It's 49ers, which is interesting. But the 49ers have the best odds to win the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs pretty much right behind them. But we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes coming up in hour number two. But when we come back, a precursor to the Super Bowl for those of us in Wichita and for Shocker fans slash uh, Chiefs fans, it was a long day and could have been a long and big-time celebratory day if you went out to the arena and if Kenny Poto would have hit a turnaround three-pointer. It would have been a hell of a day for Shocker slash Chiefs fans. But as it was, Wichita State played very well, but not well enough. Shocker talk as FAU came to town. When we come back, it's 12.59. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.